every year I make a prediction of which team will be competing for a Super Bowl. And every year I decide to include the Green Bay Packers because of one man only, and his name is Aaron Rodgers. And after Sunday's performance, I could honestly say I have to stop doing that. Welcome to the Mock Draft, everyone. I am Carlos Moctezuma. We are here with episode number two, and I have a whole lot to say about Green Bay, Tampa Bay from what happened Sunday afternoon. So for those who watched Sunday's game, Tampa Bay obviously won 38-10, to but it's just not how they won, it's how they played, or rather, how Green Bay did not come to play. After Green Bay had a 10-0 lead in the first quarter, they were outscored 38 to nothing moving forward 28 to nothing in the second quarter the green bay packers had 134 total yards of offense in the first quarter they finished with a total of 201 total yards 67 yards the next 3 quarters it was an embarrassing football game to watch. I was so bored, but I had to watch it because I wanted to see if they could at least find a way to make a comeback. Until no avail, they did not do that. But it goes to show you that Tampa Bay's defense is actually that good. Aaron Rodgers, in that first quarter, threw for 107 passing yards. From the second, third, and fourth quarter, he finished with only 60 passing yards. So you have to credit Tampa's defense for stepping up, making the adjustments, moving forward. But it wasn't until Aaron Rodgers threw that pick six in the second quarter that changed the whole game. They're up 10-0. They're ready to try and at least put up three points, maybe seven points, to go up at least 13-0, 17-0 on Tampa Bay. And what happens? Aaron Rodgers throws a pick six. It's 10 to 7. On the ensuing drive, he throws another interception to where it becomes 14 to 10 to Tampa Bay. And from that moment on, they did not look back. They kept piling on points. They pressured Aaron Rodgers. They took away his running attack. Aaron Jones only finished with 15 yards on 10 carries. 15 yards with... 10 carries, averaging one and a half yards a carry. I don't care how great your quarterback is. If you do not have at least a decent running game to help you take some pressure off, you are not going to win football games. You cannot win football games without a running back. Now I have to rant about Green Bay and why I said like I have to stop putting them as a contender. Every year I do this, I always think, you know what, they can do it because they have one of the best quarterbacks in football who can literally negate all of their flaws that they have. But yet, when they verse a superior team, they just, not only they lose, they get blown out. So now I want to talk about their playoff history since Aaron Rodgers has been their starting quarterback in 2008. In 2009, they lost to the Arizona Cardinals, who were previously in the Super Bowl the year before that. They lost 
51 to 45 in overtime. The following year, they won the Super Bowl. Then the year after that, they went 15 and 1, where Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. They lost the home game to the New York Football Giants, 37 to 20, who went on to win the Super Bowl against New England. 2012 comes. They lose in the second round to the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick, who went monster running the football. They lost that game 45 to 31. The following year, in 2013, they played the 49ers in the playoffs once again, but this time in Green Bay, but they lost 23 to 20. 2014 comes. They get the number two seed. They versus the Dallas Cowboys. And they beat the Dallas Cowboys 26-21. That game is known as the Dez game. But we'll talk about that some other time if it ever comes up. Then in the NFC Championship game, they're at Seattle. They're up 22-7 in the fourth quarter. And they blow that game to lose in overtime 28-22. Following year... They go to Arizona in the second round. Aaron Rodgers throws a Hail Mary to tie the game at 20. Did not get the football back because his defense let him down thanks to Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzmagic. We go into the 2016 postseason. The Packers defeated the Giants in the first round. Divisional playoff round, they defeated the Dallas Cowboys to Mason Crosby's field goal game winner they go to Atlanta for the NFC championship game and they lost 44 to 21 the next two years they did not make the playoffs because of injury they fired Mike McCarthy after the 2018 season they hire Matt LaFleur 2019 first year with Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense they make it to the NFC championship game but they lost terribly to the San Francisco 49ers. So what I'm trying to say is this. Every time the Packers verse a team that has a better record than them or has a elite defense, they fold, they don't play well, and it goes down the drain whatever they have accomplished throughout the year. Now, can we blame the Packers offense? Yes, you can because... When their defense is not playing well and they need to put up points, sometimes they just can't deliver. Aaron Rodgers is that great, but at the same time, when you're great, you have to deliver. You have to carry your team if you're considered the best quarterback in football. Now, enough of Green Bay. Let's talk about Tampa Bay and what they did. Everyone's talking about how Tom Brady did this, Tom Brady did that. Tom Brady had one great quarter, and that was the second quarter. And in that second quarter, he went 12 of 14 for 96 yards. The other three quarters, he was 5 of 13 for 70 yards. He finished the game 17 of 27 for 166 yards. So people are talking about how, oh, Tom Brady outplayed Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to say he outplayed him because he only had one great quarter. The defense of Tampa Bay held Aaron Rodgers and company in check. They were excellent. They were fantastic. They pressured him. They took away his running attack. 
and they made sure Aaron Rodgers was uncomfortable the whole time. So you got to give that defense credit. They've been playing pretty good so far this season. Now we'll see if they can keep this up moving forward. Also, during Sunday's game, we had a Rob Gronkowski sighting. Rob Gronkowski finally looked like, you know, a pretty good version of himself. Not an elite tight end, but he looked pretty good after, you know, a year of sitting out. His best game so far as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, he had five catches for 78 yards and one touchdown. Prior to that, he had two catches for 11 yards against New Orleans, zero against Carolina, six for 48 against Denver, one for 29 against the Chargers, three for 52 against Chicago. Now, do I expect him to continue to get better? Yes, but I don't believe he's going to be the same Gronk that we saw dominating in New England are over. I think he's going to be a very good complimentary player in Tampa, but I don't see him being that dominant figure in football right now that he once was back then. But we will see what happens. I I have high hopes for Gronk. I hope he plays well, but it all depends on can he stay healthy? And more importantly, will he be able to get enough catches? Because when you have receivers like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, it's going to be very hard to get some of these catches because in a Bruce Arian offense, they rely a lot more on receivers than tight ends. So it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Now, there's another football team that I want to talk about that also underperformed this weekend. That is the Cleveland Browns. They went to Pittsburgh with a 4-1 record, and everyone thought, you know what? This could be their year. This could be their year that they finally make the playoffs and actually do something. They're led by Baker Mayfield. They got Kareem Hunt. They got Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, all these great supporting cast. They lost 38-7 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I get it. Pittsburgh's defense is very good. I'll get into them later. I'll say this. Pittsburgh's run defense is number two in the NFL right now. But I looked up a couple of stats and I want to talk about right now with the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns right now are ranked number one in rushing attack at 169 yards a game running the football. Their four wins this season, they have averaged 201 rushing yards a game. However, they're against mediocre teams, with the exception of one team, and I'll get into them right now. Against the Cincinnati Bengals, they're ranked 27th against the run. Against the Washington team, they're ranked 24th against the run. Against the Dallas Cowboys, they're ranked 31st against the run. Against the Colts, last week, the Colts are ranked 3rd in rushing. In all four wins, they are averaging 201 rushing yards a game. In their two losses so far, against the Steelers, ranked number two, and the Ravens, ranked number 12, they average rushing the football 106 yards in those two losses. But against the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday, they only put up 75 total rushing yards. Another thing I want to talk about with the Browns is this. In their four wins as well, they averaged 30 points a game. 
their two losses, they're averaging six and a half points a game. It is mind-boggling to me how a supporting cast as talented as Cleveland's with Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper, Odell, Jarvis Landry, and their two losses so far, they're only putting up six and a half points. Now, you could also say this. You have to put blame on Baker Mayfield. I think he needs to play much better than what he is. His head coach right now is not making him throw the football as much. They're running the football a lot more than throwing it, which is the reason why they're ranked number one. But I believe Baker needs to play well. The only way I see Cleveland actually making to the playoffs is if Baker starts to get himself much more prepared for these games. If they take away his running attack, he has to find ways to win football games with his arms. Now, he has an arm. He can throw the football. He is very good at doing that. But he's going to have to find ways to do it when they need him to do it most. They need him to elevate his game. He needs to play at a superstar level, how some of the other young quarterbacks can do it. You see it on a consistent basis with Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You see it with Kyler Murray right now also. Baker Mayfield needs to play just as good, if not a little bit better, for his team to have a chance to make it to the playoffs. But I think it's going to be very hard, especially in the AFC right now. It's going to be hard to win the division for them because it's either the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens that's going to win this division. But if Cleveland is going to have any hopes of making the playoffs, Baker Mayfield has to play much better. He will be the reason why they will either make the playoffs or... Or miss the playoffs. Now on to the Steelers. Right now the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are 5-0. However you can make the case that they have yet to play anybody. Week 1 they beat the Giants who are 1-5. Week 2 they beat Denver. Right now they're, Denver is 2-3. They just upset New England the other day. So we'll see what Denver does. Week 3 they beat Houston. They're 1-5. They just fired... Just recently, uh, Bill O'Brien, their head coach. Now Romeo Cornell's in charge. So we'll see how Houston does, but I don't think they're going to go anywhere. Week four, they defeated the Philadelphia Eagles. And just Sunday, they defeated Cleveland. So they're 5-0. and I don't think they've versed anyone just yet. Cleveland showed that they are not in Pittsburgh's class. So now I do believe the Steelers are legit. I do believe that. But we will see what these next two weeks are going to tell us about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next week, they play the Titans, who are 5-0, and they're playing like the best team in football right now. And then after that, they have to go to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So we're going to learn a lot about these Steelers these next two weeks. And if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers' schedule, it looks very, very easy to me. So after the Titans and Ravens, they have the Cowboys, the Bengals, the Jaguars, Ravens again, they have the Washington team, the Bills, Bengals again, Colts, and Browns. Now, that's an easy schedule for me. The teams I can see the Steelers losing to are the Ravens at least once. They can lose to the Titans next week. They can lose to the Bills, but we'll see what happens with the Bills. 
and the Colts. So you could easily look at the schedule and say Pittsburgh should win about 12 to 13 games. Will it be enough for the number one seed? Who knows, honestly. But I will say if they do get the number one seed, I believe the road to the Super Bowl will go through Pittsburgh and it will not be easy. I don't care what team is going. Winning in Pittsburgh is probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest places to win in the steel curtain, especially during the cold. So these other teams, Kansas City, Baltimore, New England, you don't want to go to Pittsburgh. Not in the cold, not at all. Now, we should also talk about Big Ben right now. Big Ben Roethlisberger, he's so far, he's playing pretty good right now. After last season, went down in week two with the elbow injury. He already has 11 touchdowns and one interception, so he's playing very good right now. Do I see him winning NFL MVP with how he's playing? Absolutely not. But I can make the case that he will definitely win NFL Comeback Player of the Year if this keeps up. Unless Cam Newton has something to say. But as of now, I'm going to lean with Ben Roethlisberger winning NFL Comeback Player of the Year. I believe how Ben's playing will be enough to help the Steelers make it far into the playoffs. But I also believe that their defense will be the key to see how far they can go. Like I said, if they are playing in Pittsburgh to get to the Super Bowl... It's not going to be easy for any other team. But if they have to go to Kansas City, Baltimore, New England, that'll be a little bit of a challenge for them. Because quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, who could throw the football well, he'll find a way to toy with them if he has time to throw the football. Lamar Jackson, the dual threat quarterback that he is, he will terrorize the Steelers defense if he can get out of the pocket and scramble for... 30 or 40 yards if he gets that chance cam newton can do the same thing that lamar does but since cam is older he's a bit more beat up we'll see if he can even do any of those things that lamar is doing at an extremely high level now you're probably wondering why i haven't included tennessee or buffalo well i'll say this tennessee relies on derrick henry derrick henry is the best running back in football and he leads all running backs in rushing however Pittsburgh's defense right now and if it continues they are right now second in yards a game at 285 they're eighth in passing allowing 219 yards passing they're second in rushing allowed at 66 they're third in points allowed at 19 points a game and they have a plus five turnover differential they also are second in interceptions with eight and they are number one in sacks a game with four and a half a game close to five they have a total of 20 sacks right now so if this keeps up this team is going to be very dangerous defensively so the reason why i say i can't include tennessee just yet as a threat because if you take away derrick henry you're basically asking ryan Tannehill to beat you and to be honest i do not trust ryan Tannehill when the time comes when it's time money time for him to make the plays for when his team needs him to make plays, to carry them, I do not believe Ryan Tannehill is that guy to do that. And I'm going to read you a few things from last year's playoffs. Tennessee, 
against New England in the first round, Derrick Henry went 34 carries for 184 yards. In the divisional round against Baltimore, who was the number one seed, by the way, thanks to MVP Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry had 30 carries for 195 yards. In the AFC Championship game against Kansas City, Derrick Henry had 19 carries for 69 yards. And the Tennessee Titans went home after losing to Kansas City, who went on to win the Super Bowl. So what it tells me is this. If you can take away Derrick Henry and force Ryan Tannehill to beat you, you will be fine. I believe Pittsburgh's defense is legit. If they were to reverse Tennessee, they will take away Derrick Henry and force Ryan Tannehill to beat them. Now, they verse Tennessee next week. So we're going to see what happens. We're going to see, can Derrick Henry dominate? Or will the Steelers force Ryan Tannehill to beat them? So it'll be very interesting to see what happens that game. Now, the other team I talked about that I don't believe will stand the chance against the Steelers are the Buffalo Bills. And the reason why I say that is because I'm still not sold on Josh Allen just yet. And I have to go back to these past two games that he just lost. He lost at Tennessee, 41-16, and it was pretty ugly. And then just last night, he lost to Kansas City. And to be honest, I thought he had a chance and many opportunities to find a way to win that game. But ultimately, he could not do it. Pittsburgh is going to force Josh Allen to beat them. And remember, the Pittsburgh Steelers are number eight in passing. They only allow 219 passing yards a game. Buffalo's run offense is really bad. They are ranked 27th in rushing offense. So they're going to make Josh Allen beat them. And to be honest, I don't believe Josh Allen just yet. I don't believe he can beat the Steelers right now. Maybe in a year or two he can, but I don't believe he can do it just yet. Speaking of the Bills, we're going to talk about their loss last night to the Kansas City Chiefs. So as you know, the Buffalo Bills have lost back-to-back -back games. And think about this. They actually lost these two games to the two teams that were in the AFC Championship game from last year. And what happened to them was not pretty to Tennessee. And last night, they could not stop Kansas City's running attack led by Clyde Edward Hilaire. Now, before Kansas City took on Buffalo yesterday night, Clyde Edward Hilaire was struggling running the football after his uh, rookie debut against Houston in week one. So week one, he ran wild on the Houston Texans. But after that, so week two, Against the Chargers, he had 38 yards running the football. Chargers are ranked ninth in rushing allowed. Week 3 against the Ravens, 64 yards rushing, who are ranked 10th in rushing defense. Week 4, 64 yards again against the New England Patriots, who are ranked 14th in defense. And then against the Las Vegas Raiders, he ran for 40 yards, who are ranked 20th in rush defense. So against the Houston Texans, Clyde Edward Hilaire ran for... 138 yards. Houston is ranked last in rushing defense. And then last night against the Buffalo Bills, who are ranked 25th in rush defense, he put up 161 yards. 
So right now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is ranked second in rushing, only behind to Derrick Henry at 505 yards. If you take away those two games, he would be ranked 40th in rushing at 206 yards only total. So I believe there's a reason why Kansas City decided to sign Le'Veon Bell to see if they can get a spark in running the football because they know that you need a good running game to help complement your superstar quarterback in order to do the play action, keep the defense feet moving because they know that they're going to have more weapons. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Kansas City is going to do now with Le'Veon Bell, who I believe is going to be ready to go. He's going to be highly motivated after the Jets did not know how to use him. And I'm glad he's out of the Jets because they, the Jets are a mess right now. They need to get rid of Adam Gase, but I'll talk about that some other time, not today. But yeah, Le'Veon Bell is going to be looking to prove that he is still one of the best, if not best running backs in football, because after the 2017 season, he sat out 2018 because he deserved a contract that he was looking for. Steelers did not want to pay him. And he was also having problems with the locker room because the players did not understand why he deserved that money. 2019, he decides to go to the Jets for big money, but not what I was expecting. But he did not play well to the point where Adam Gase was not even using him and he was having problems with Adam Gase. Adam Gase did not want him, but the GM for the Jets wanted him at the time before he got fired. So now he's in Kansas City, so let's see if we see the Le'Veon of old. I don't think he's going to be that same that we saw in Pittsburgh, but I think he's going to be very good to the point where if he decides to sign again with Kansas City the following year, or if he decides to get a bigger contract to another team that is looking for him to use him more. So it'll be very interesting to see what Le'Veon Bell will do this season. Now let me get back to Buffalo. I apologize for going off topic with the Chiefs and Bills, but... In Buffalo's case, they are still a very good team. I believe they're going to make the wild card. Do I think they'll win the division? Not just yet. I'm not going to count out New England just yet. I still believe Bill Belichick is going to find a way to get them rolling. Remember, no team this year had training camp because of COVID-19. And so I believe as the season progresses, I believe New England will get back into track. And I think they'll find a way to win the division. But I believe Buffalo will be a wild card team. They have beaten good teams so far this year. They have beaten the Rams at home. And they have gone to Las Vegas to beat the Raiders. So we'll see what they do. The big question is this. Looking at their schedule. Can they beat the better teams? Can they beat New England at least once? Can they beat the 49ers? Can they beat the Steelers? Can they beat the Seahawks? We're going to see what Buffalo is made of. Do I believe they're going to do better this year in the playoffs? I think so. I believe they can win one playoff game. But if you think that they're going to make it far in terms of the AFC Championship game or at least a Super Bowl, I highly doubt it. I don't think they'll get past the second round. And if they versus Kansas City, Baltimore, Tennessee, or even the Steelers, New England as well, I don't see a scenario where they can beat them in the second round. But we still have a lot of football to go. I can't wait. It'll be exciting. We will see what happens. Thank you all so much for joining me on this mock draft. I will catch you all next week for another episode. We will see what happens in the next seven days in the sports world.